Hello, I'm Lucia Giftopoulou. Welcome to the Fast 100 Days as CEO podcast. I'm joined today by Sarah Soar, the CEO of Hawksmoor Investment Management. Sarah, you're only the second CEO that Hawksmoor has ever had. You took over from John Crowley, who founded the firm about 12 years ago in September. What is your plan for the company? Okay, thank you, Lucia. Um, my plan for the company is really to grow from where John has taken it this far. He has built over the last 12 years a very solid foundation. Uh, we have the whole infrastructure in place, compliance, research, marketing, uh, everything is there. And now what we need to do is build and grow. We have a number of investment managers and branches and we would like to, to build on what we have already created. But this is a company that was quite used to John Crowler's uh, management style and I'm wondering how hard it is for you to come in you know, new person through the door, how hard is it to take over and lead people that were used to somebody else's um, style? Well, John's been fantastic because uh, what we did was over the last uh, two or three months, we've he's basically handed over to me uh, all his executive roles. So I've had a very gentle transition in and it's been given me an opportunity to get to know everybody and for everybody to get to know me and get to know my style, which is obviously different to John. Um, and I think the two complement each other, to be honest with you, and he's handing over and I'm picking up the reins. Do you think you'll be changing anything quite drastically? Because you're a veteran in the industry, you were the first uh, female executive director at Bruin Dolphin, where you stayed for 18 years, then you went to JM Finn, where you were head of investment. And at JM Finn, you did do some changes when you joined that had to do with, with tech systems and how you kind of created a more tech environment to help with, with the fund proposition and, and with investment managers. Do you have any drastic plans for Hawksmoor? No, I don't have drastic plans for Hawksmoor at all um, because the joy of it is it's only 12 years old. <laughs> and um, so obviously everything's a lot newer than, a, than an older company which maybe had legacy um, issues to deal with. So I must say that actually it's more tweaking and fine tuning than it is actually outright change. So. In the last results, Hawksmoor has been doing quite well, landed in the black for the past two years uh, in a row after, I think, five or six years of of losses. And in the last results, uh, John, who, who uh, wrote the strategic report, said that you will be focusing a lot on sales and system, that, that there will be investment in those areas. Has this started? Uh, no, not yet. Um, what we're going, I think they were waiting for me to turn up actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, no, what we're going to do is look at very much look at sales, um, look at training as well that is another area I want to focus in on and systems. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, these do cost money, but as the profitability of the firm increases, we are, um, we have cash and we have budgeted uh, for these um, uh, efforts. So when you say training, which areas would you be focusing on? I'd be tr- focusing on all members of staff, um, but in particular for the investment managers, um, sales training, uh, time management training, all that sort of thing, uh, and management training for, for senior members for the executive committee. So so really to get the uh, the whole f- firm and all, all the staff to be able to work as efficiently as they possibly can. Um, you mentioned when you took over in September that one of your areas of focus will be diversity and trying to make the company more diverse. Uh, 
Hawksmoor is quite male-dominated. In the investment management team, I think there's only one senior investment manager who's a woman. Most female roles are assistant roles. How, how are you hoping to change that within the company? Okay, so I look at diversity in two ways. One is gender diversity, and then there are other types of diversity, obviously, like um, ethnicity, um, sexual orientation, that sort of thing. So diversity I look at in, in the round. But certainly, as we look at it, our clients, 50% of them are females. So it does sort of make sense that 50% of our investment managers should be female as well. But that, that would kind of require a drastic change of the composition of the investment management team. Well, I don't think it's a drastic change. What I'm looking to do is to recruit women who are either currently investment managers or get young women in. And we do have some young female trainees coming through um, at the moment at Hawksmoor, mm -hmm. who will be investment On managers. On the investment side. Yes, yes, very much so. So encouraging young women um, and recruiting experienced women. So I wouldn't say it's a drastic change because, quite frankly, well, they're working alongside the men Drastic anyway. in the sense that, well, the, the team is now about, the, the investment team, at least about 24 people, would, would, would be, I mean, we should be expecting more hires to make this team more diverse as opposed to just you know, just working with these 24 that are... Yes, yes, absolutely, mm -hmm. absolutely. And that's very much my intention. Okay, but, and, and you made a good point about diversity not just being women, it's, it's often uh, thought as such. How could you approach other people, you know, other... What is the right word to put it? Just sexual orientation or from minority backgrounds, people who would not feel exactly at home in the financial services industry what would be your, the best way, what, what would be your way of approaching these people and saying, look, Hoxmoor would be a good place for you? Okay, well, first of all is is to use this opportunity to let people know that, that's the, the, that I'm very keen to encourage uh, a very diverse workforce and a very diverse client base as well, because that, that's the other, the other very important aspect here. And if the firm can become known as a, a an organization which not only employs a diverse range of, of staff, but also attracts diverse range of um, clients, then that, that sets the tone running. But also working with specific organizations who help to place people into financial services who come from different backgrounds other than just the sort of stereotypical background that we've seen to date. Have, are you in, in touch with such organizations yes. and working with them? Yes. So yes. we should be expecting the investment team to grow yes. at least a bit in the in the next yes yes very much couple so. of years yes very much so. so what is your number one priority would you say would that be your number one priority as a new CEO of Hawksmoor or is there something else in your mind my number one priority as as I mentioned is to grow from the core foundations that John has established and started to build. And if you want to use the Hawksmoor um, architectural analogy, we're going to build a building. How big that building is uh, only remains to be seen. But we can grow it organically, um, and uh, we've got very, very high-quality investment managers already who are growing and building their book of business, and then through acquisition as well. So everything is on the table. Everything basically. is on the table. Looking forward to that. And obviously, <laughs> do not hesitate to tell us before you tell any of our competitors. <laughs> um, and another thing is, did, coming a bit back to diversity, I just wanted your opinion about whether, do you think that in the industry sometimes it just ends up being a box-ticking exercise? Um, it can do, but I think I think there's definitely a greater awareness. Um, but I, I, I think the thing that tr uh, challenges me more than anything else is a lot of the initiatives, and particularly we can go to 
conferences which are orientated, let us say, towards women in this particular instance, and there are some very, very good conferences that take place, and PIMFA, for example, are very good at running these sort of things. And yet you look at the audience and they are mostly women. So it's women telling women how good they are. What I really want to see is men, senior men, top men at these conferences, um, actually coming along and listening and buying into what is being said, because that, that is what is going to make a difference. Do you think it's going to take a long time before this happens, or are we nearly there? Well, <laughs> it seems to be taking a long time, but it's like all these things sometimes suddenly things happen all at once and I think there is a such a great awareness now greater than ever that that we really do have to diversify in the industry and you look at some something like the the law firms who you know historically many years ago there weren't many senior uh, lawyers and now there are a huge number of senior female lawyers so we can learn a lot from from the law law industry remains to be seen <laughs> so you I, I I know you mentioned before that you everything is on the table you want to grow you want to take it from from jo where john crow left it and, and grow it even more would that even mean a regional push in different areas or would you just be focusing on on the you now have offices in in exeter obviously the headquarters london dorchester and bury uh, is it is do you think that's enough for now or is 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 it the idea that you can actually expand nationally uh, a bit further I would, I would like to grow our existing offices and I would certainly be open-minded to opening other offices um, around the country. So yeah, yeah, I will, con I will consider um, anything that's suitable and that fits the Hawksmoor culture because that's the most important thing, to retain the culture of the firm. Is that a challenge to do, to retain the culture of a <coughs> firm of which you haven't been part for the last, well, since it was founded? Uh, I hope not. <laughs> the intention is very much to keep the culture um, because that was one of the main reasons I joined the firm. Um, I was so impressed with the culture and uh, the way people um, approach looking after their clients, but also looking after each other. And um, that is very, very important. So we can grow bigger. It doesn't necessarily need to be huge. But um, retaining the culture is very important. And one of the things I've been doing a lot of uh, since I joined, is talking to individuals and understanding how they operate and what works and why Hawksmoor works so well as it does. Do you think it would benefit from a fresh pair of eyes? Just when you're used to something, maybe you don't see obstacles or opportunities that are there. Do you think a fresh pair of eyes would just cut through all that? Yes, exactly. And and all firms, it doesn't matter what they are, benefit from, from uh, new blood. And uh, I think it, it, it's always healthy to, to bring in um, new ideas, new thoughts, without, as I say, t doing any radical or drastic change. And what, in your opinion, is a CEO's worst nightmare? <laughs> your worst nightmare in this case? <laughs> <laughs> well, Hawksmoor, or this industry, is, is very people-orientated. It's very people-based. And the most important people are our staff, because our staff look after our clients. And um, if we don't look after our staff, then we have a problem. So in my opinion, the greatest challenge uh, for me as a CEO and a CEO of, of any similar organisation is losing key staff. And that's not necessarily the investment manager who generates the greatest amount of money because there are some really significant staff in every organisation who are often the unsung heroes. And it is very, very important to make sure they're looked after, they're recognised for what they deliver to the firm. Um, 
everything else falls into place if you look after your staff properly. I, just before we started the podcast, you mentioned you have a Great Dane um, that is quite big for it, for its <laughs> age of nine months. Do you think that training this this huge puppy at home <laughs> has furnished you with extra skills on, on, on how to train people at work as well? <laughs> well, it... It, training a Great Dane is is done um, by encouragement. It's definitely carrot and not stick. They don't like stick very much. So I would, uh, if we want to stick to this analogy, then very much bringing people on um, with a carrot, not with the stick. So I, I hope your staff is not as messy at work <laughs> as I assume the Great Dane is at home. No, he he's managed to uh, eat a few things. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, thank you very much. Thank you, Lucia, very much.